Welcome to the Only God Stories podcast, where we believe testimonies are powerful. In this podcast, your faith will be built as we hear from people from all walks of life who recognize the power of God in their lives. To hear more testimonies or for the opportunity to share a story of your own, check us out on our website at onlygodstories.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Only God Stories podcast. We are so glad that you're back with us. Um, I am joined with my wife, Tiffany, uh, as always, and we are blessed to be able to have one of our good friends, Greg Strange, on the podcast today. And what you need to know about Greg before we even get started is this, is that I would be willing to stand side by side with him, stepping into any battle on the ministry uh, front, uh, because he's one that comes with high faith. Uh, and it has been a privilege to be able to get to know him over the years. He's an entrepreneur. He's a father. He's a dad. Uh, but most most of all, he's one that truly follows the Lord and steps into whatever God's asking him to do. And so, Greg, welcome to the podcast. Amen. Joseph and Tiffany, thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor, and I'm grateful to be here. Awesome. Well, Greg, to, to get us started, I, I mentioned it already a little bit, but you've got a couple of kids, you're married, but uh, t- tell us a little bit more about your family, where you guys are, and and even a little bit more about the ministry that you're a part of called European Initiative. Absolutely. Well, I, I'm married. I have three kids. I've got uh, a 20-year-old at Baylor, a senior at a local high school, and then a little 10-year-old girl in fourth grade. And we currently reside in Corinth, Texas. Uh, we came back from the mission field, specifically in Berlin, Germany, a little over two years ago. We were there for five years and got an opportunity to travel all throughout Europe, sharing the good news and the love of God with non-believers and those who have no relationship with him. And uh, I do serve as currently a director of USA operations for a nonprofit organization called European Initiative. And really our vision is to create a catalyst, a movement of Christians to come on short-term mission trips, to partner with local churches, to help bring about a spiritual transformation uh, within their communities and in their cities. I love that. And even specifically, like going to Germany, you just said you just came back from being on mission in Germany or a mission in Germany for uh, just a couple of years ago. And you were there for a while. Uh, that doesn't just happen on a whim. <laughs> and neither does going into any type of uh, ministry from a vocational sense. With three kids. <laughs> With three kids. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Moving across seas, three kids on a very, very God-ordained mission and something you'll learn about Greg for all everyone listening is that only God stories just follow him. But we would just love to know what gave you just the faith and courage that you needed to make that move with your family uh, to Germany. Amen. Well, we know that the word of God never returns void. And every time mm-hmm. we bring glory to the Father, it's a seed, it's an invitation. And that is exactly what happened to us. I went on my first mission trip in 2010 through Valley Creek Church with the European Initiative. We actually partnered together. And I was so young in my faith, I didn't even know what the gospel message was. I had never even shared my faith with anyone. But I saw God do a miraculous healing. I saw God use me in a way that I'd never experienced through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I came back from that trip just radically transformed. And then my wife and I went to India six months later, and God just wrecked us because we'd never seen poverty 
in a way that we had in India and the desperation of the people who were just needing something in their life, but not knowing that that key ingredient is Jesus Christ. And then six months later, my wife goes to Germany with us. And in that moment, the founders, Jeff and Barb Serio at European Initiative, sit us down. They say, we really believe that God is calling us to invite you to come join us in full-time ministry overseas. And we're like, what? This makes absolutely no sense. We'd never thought about full-time ministry. To be honest with you, I was only been following the Lord maybe three and a half years at this point. God was doing an an exponential work in our life, but we got back from that trip and we were in the kitchen and I just blurted out, honey, if God wants us to move to Berlin and do full-time ministry, he's going to have to prove it by finding a buyer for our businesses. And 10 (laughs) seconds later, my phone rings. Hey, you don't know me. 10 seconds? Wow. But I'm interested in buying your businesses. Oh. You got to speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, keep going. I we could go on on that, but yeah. And so, anyways, that was the beginning, defining moment of knowing that God was truly calling us overseas to full time missions. And then beyond that, having random strangers come up to me. We were at a conference in Redding, California, with Bethel Church, and one of the students in the upstairs rafters at one of the Days was like, hey, I've been, I watched you yesterday and I see you today. And he came down and he said, God told me to tell you that you're going to be a father of nations, specifically over Germany. And things like that wow. just kept happening over and over again until finally you recognize that it is the voice of God. And that's mm-hmm. what gives us the courage to step out in obedience and be successful. It's knowing that when that voice isn't just the voice of the world, it's not a voice of a stranger. It truly is the voice of God. And when you hear that for yourself and it builds your faith, that's what gives you the confidence to say, I can do all things through Christ. I'm going to actually take this next step and be obedient, even though I have fear, Amen. even though I'm insecure, even though I have no idea what I'm doing. God, you're faithful <laughs> and I trust in you. Yeah. When, whenever you say that, I hear the word, like changing out the word courage for compel. Like. <laughs> It, you think that you need courage when it really just turns into like, no, now I'm compelled to do it mm-hmm. yeah, because there's confidence in that voice of God. So I love that. Greg, I want to, um, I want to even go back to when, when you were first asked to come to Germany in that conversation, because I think this is interesting. I think we get a lot of invitations from the Lord and um, sometimes we don't get to this. We don't get all the way down the track like you just got. And so what, like, what did you feel in that? Like, what were the emotions that you had? I mean, you've got a you've got a family, like I said, with three kids. Like, it's a pretty big leap. Like, what were you feeling in that moment? Great question. Honestly, we were really excited uh, because yeah. there's dreams and desires that God plants in us that sometimes we know about and we delight in the Lord and we see those come to pass. But a lot of times, God uses other people with those seeds to actually spark and sprout and create something and then actually have it grow. And Mm. that is exactly what happened. There was this thought of anticipation and excitement and pursuing that stirring that was inside of us that was happening at that moment. Literally the Holy spirit does what only he can do and he fans it into flame and through our curiosity and longing for the things of God, that's when he started to just build it and create it and allow it to manifest. It's really good. It's so such good. beauty and being able to see what God is asking 
and to step into obedience and and there can be the anticipation or there should be the anticipation there that's really really good greg uh i i think that is what positioned you to really see a lot of what you've what's taking place as far as your your move to germany but also we said at the beginning i feel like not i feel like only god's stories they tend to follow you or, or maybe you just tend to share them more than the average person but um and there's specifically even just stories of healing and salvation and and things of that nature that um, I've had the privilege to be able to hear some of those stories. But can you just take us to the very beginning of like, how did you start that journey of realizing that God has given me the ability um, within the Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit to heal people? Tell us about that story, because I know it's got one specific there. Yeah. So honestly, for myself, I went through this season of complete curiosity because a lot of times we're told things and we take it as knowledge, but until it gets deposited in our heart and our spirit, many times we don't see it come to pass. And I just yeah. kept hearing about healing is for today. The gifts of the spirit are available to all those who believe. And, and I just started getting this hunger, this sensation to say, God, if you can heal, then use me. Teach me your ways. Let me walk in your love. Show me how to have compassion on the helpless and the harassed. And I just started reading the word of God. And I made a dedication that I was going to read through the New Testament. And I said, Lord, I want you to show me two things as I read through the New Testament. Show me how you heal and what healing looks like. And help me to see it through the lens of a leader, of one who's been given authority as the scriptures tell us. And how that yeah. truth can actually become evident in my own life. And so I went through this season of reading a lot of books, listening to different podcasts and amazing people who are studied in the area of healing and deliverance. And so I made this um, kind of agreement, not only with myself, with, with God. And I said, Lord, I'm going to fast lunch every single day, and I'm going to start going to the hospital down the road, and I'm going to start looking for people that need to be healed. <clears throat> so I started going there. Several months went by, and I was faithful. I was you know, probably fasting lunch three to four times a week, going down there, and nothing was happening. I wasn't seeing anything. And I finally got so fed up with the Lord, I just said, God, if something doesn't happen, I, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to have to walk away. You know, I'm, this is, it's not what you've called me into. And mm -hmm. it was so clear in that moment, he gave me such a vivid vision of a man wearing a red striped candy cane shirt with a gold belt buckle and a specific pair of black rims, like Ray-Ban glasses. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to go find this person in the hospital. If I find them, I promise I will pray for them. I will do what you've asked me to do. Um, you know, leaving the chapel inside of the hospital, walking out, don't see anything. I stop and pause in the parking lot a little bit, get into my car. And I'm like, God, even if I'm driving off and I see somebody and I promise I'll park my car, I'll get out, I'll run to them. Nothing. I'm pulling out. I'm just slowly, this whole process of like nothing happening. Come on, so then God. I, I, I pull out of the. What of happened the, to that speed dial, God? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's broken. I pull out and I'm leaving and I'm like, man, Lord. Do I not know how to hear your voice? Did I miss you again? And I just, this over sense of like heaviness came upon me. And I walk into Starbucks and I'm discipling, I'm meeting a guy and I'm sitting at the table and I'm talking to him, telling him about what God was revealing with me. And as I'm telling him this story, he starts doing this. Starts looking, looking around you. Yeah. Looking behind me and he says, I think the guy that you're telling me about is behind you. 
So I literally turn around. There it is. Glasses, candy cane, white, red shirt. You found Waldo. Where's Waldo? All right, exactly. I was waiting That's for that. I was, I was trying to find a gap in there. Right, okay, you found Waldo. Right. Cowboy Waldo, though, with the gold belt buckle. All right, <laughs> sorry. And so I, I got up all my nerves. I said, okay, he goes, you got to go talk to him now. I said, well, I don't know if I can. You know, it's in Starbucks. It's in the middle. There's everybody's around. You know, and he goes, I'll come with you. I said, okay. So I get up. He doesn't come. He stays in his seat. So I, I, I was the wrong friend, man, trembling, you know, I uh, just said, Hey, I know you don't know me, but God revealed you to me and he wants me to share something with you. And the Lord, and this guy just literally popped off at me and started cussing at me. Get the F away from me. I want nothing to do with you or your God leave now. Wow. And I just oh, said, wow. Hey, listen, I, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to get you upset, but God gave me a word for you. I, I really need to share it. And he said, did she not hear me? And started cussing, getting away. So I turned around with my tail underneath my legs and went back and sat down, completely humiliated as everybody around uh, me is looking at what's going on in the middle of Starbucks as he's raising his voice at me. And he was just, okay, obedience is success. And it was that moment of my son, were you going to be obedient anywhere I've called you to, to pray for the sick, for those that I'm calling you to do. And that was the, the first stepping stone of God giving me faith to step out and just say, Lord, I can't do this in my weakness, but through you, anything's possible. And that was the, kind of the catalyst of getting going on this journey of praying for healing and deliverance. And seeing Obedience people. is success. I love that. Yep. Uh, that's that's an incredible story, Greg. I love that story. Um, I mean, I I hate that that I hate Waldo did that to you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna he forever shall now remember forever be called Waldo. Waldo, that's how I that's, that's how name. I hear it. So I'm envisioning it. No, I I mean it's hard that he did did that, but the obedience is success. And like, are you willing mm-hmm. to really put yourself out there? And there's a great quote from I think it was Beth Morris who I heard it from. Don't know if it's her quote. But she said that in America, we try to feed the fed and heal the healed. And we wonder why we don't see miracles. And so I just also want to say, I love your story and how you were actually seeking out. Like Mm -hmm. so many people say, God, bring me somebody. But you're like, I'm going to fast and I'm going to go to the hospital. And, (laughs) And several weeks or however long, however long that took. And you just had that faith and conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, we need more people. We need more people in our world like that, myself included. I know that um, I'm, I'm encouraged by your story personally, and I love it. Um, I know that you have so many other stories. That's just the beginning. Did that end up how you wanted it to? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But the obedience is success. And from there, you've been able to see, and God's been so faithful in your life, you've been able to see so many things happen. And you've been able to be used by God. So as a way to build our faith, I would love for you to share a couple stories or one story that really sticks out to you where um, you've either been able to be in there and God using you for healing or witness to healing. And we would just love to hear you share some of your stories. Yeah, it's hard to pick one because I want to preface before I, I share a couple of stories, I believe the salvation, the gift of salvation is the greatest miracle that anybody Agreed. can ever see Amen. or experience. So and I now. don't want to detract upon talking about the miraculous and moving away from the gift of salvation because 
Yeah. Let's just admit it without that, we were lost and hopeless. But within that, you know, we read the stories in the Bible and we're like, is that really real? Does that actually happen? Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to share with you a story that I had been praying for for years. Before I went to China um, with a couple of elders, God gave me a dream that I was going to get to see someone be raised from the dead. And I thought it was going to be on that China trip, and it didn't happen the way that I thought it was going to. But then also God gave me two visions before I actually moved to Berlin, Germany. One was seeing a dead man raised right at Alexanderplatz in front of the fountain. The other one was to see a baptism pool right in Alexanderplatz in Berlin, Germany, and seeing hundreds of people jumping into the waters of baptism. I still haven't seen that one be fulfilled just yet. But we were at outreach one day at Alexanderplatz, and we were, this one guy comes up to me, and um, he's hobbling along, and he's sitting down, and I said, why don't you come dance with us? And he says, I can't dance with you. My hip is, you know, messed up. I've already had three surgeries on it. The doctors actually made it worse than what it was supposed to be. And I ended up sharing the gospel with him and praying for him. And I just said, hey, sit back. Let me see your legs. I lifted his legs up. And one leg was about maybe three quarters to an inch shorter than the other one. And in that moment, I just, my faith just said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you extend this man's leg and allow it to grow out so that his body can be in alignment? And poof, and I have this on video, it literally just popped out right then and there. This guy was completely dumbfounded. And through mm-hmm. translation in German, he's like, I felt this, someone touch my shoulder. But when I looked around, there was nobody there. And he talks about how I felt this surge of heat just manifest in my hip. And he gets up and he starts dancing and jumping around. He's like, I've never, I haven't been able to do this for the past five years. And so he's Come just on. rejoicing in the Lord. But here's where the story gets crazy. I get up from there. Wait, wait. It was already crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buckle up. Oh, Take yeah. your golden belt buckle, buckle everybody. Buckle up. All right, we're ready now, Greg. Oh, Sorry. You got to ease us into it. <laughs> so. If that wasn't amazing enough, I get up and I, I, I walk around and maybe take, you know, 30 steps. And all of a sudden, there's this man with about 10 feet in front of me. And he does this. And he clenches his heart and he falls back like a sack of potato on the ground, just hard. Oh, wow. And I thought, this man is having a heart attack. So I run straight over to him. I don't call 911. I just call straight upon the name of Jesus Christ. And I lay my hands on this man's heart and I start praying over him. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, revive this man's heart. And at this point, there's like 10 of us around this man, surrounding him. And we're all prophesying. We're praying in the spirit. We're speaking life over him. And several minutes go by and the man's face is blue. Okay. More time goes by. I check his pulse. At this point, there's no pulse. There's no breath. He's turning gray. His body, you know, the lucid, the color of the body is turning mm-hmm. gray. At this point, the police are showing up. There's three of them. I look at them and they don't know what is going on. They're completely freaked out. The German police, they're like, who are yeah. these people? What are they doing? This this is like did they, crazy. Did they kill him? <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways, I looked at them and I was just like, kind of like, everything's okay. You know what I mean? And I just, in that moment, I remember it was just the Holy Spirit. I was like, Lord, you called us to prophesy to the dry bones. You called us to prophesy 
that your breath would be breathed into the bodies of the slain that need life. And I just said, Father, in the name of Jesus, would you breathe new life, a new wind of your spirit, of your life into this man in the name of Jesus. And I kid you not, all of a sudden he just pops up and he he starts to breathe again. Yeah. And he, he sits up. And at that moment, all of the police came. The ambulance is pulling up at that point. They kick us out. I didn't even get an opportunity to talk to the guy, to get what his name was, to see if he encountered the Lord or saw or heard any type of anything. It was just, but the man was dead and then he was alive. And it was wow. just crazy. Golly. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, I, yeah, I think you're, you're blowing many minds right now that are listening or watching. And I've been privileged to hear this story before and it's still powerful, obviously. Um, I think but, that people are probably being stretched in their faith right now as they listen. That's true. And I mean, let God work in you in that, you know, like I'd rather have too much faith than too little. And yeah. not that I don't think too much is, is possible, but that's amazing. And God can, God can do whatever he wills to do and mm -hmm. to have faith to be able to be in that moment with you're watching this man's color change. London. And to not jump into any uh, like worldly instinct of going straight into CPR or anything like that and to just rely on prayer is not something that the average Christian would do, much less person. And so that that's just amazing. But once again, like you, you, you've done such, you've been so faithful. Like, I don't want to say it's anything that you've done um, because we know it's God in you, Greg. But you've positioned yourself so well to be mm -hmm. able to be under God's authority and to just be willing to do whatever he wants you to do, as we've yeah. seen from some of those stories. So, And, and, that, and for anybody that doesn't know, Greg, what I know to be true about every story and circumstance, we said it before we even jumped on hit record, was... Um, Greg continues to give credit to the Lord in the small and the big, whatever yes. it may be. And yes. um, so if you don't know if healing's real or not, or you've seen funky people on TV, don't worry. Healing can still be real because of the humility that um, the others can carry as they walk that out. And Greg, I, I would love even, I guess we don't have a ton of time, but even um, that was a, a even a picture, even a spiritual picture of what's happening in Germany of, there's a lot of darkness that's in Germany. And will you will you even just give us a little bit of context of what the spiritual kind of condition is there? Because um, I'd love to hear that because I think that'll set us up a little bit more for the next question we've got. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there are many statistics out there, but they say that less than 3% of all of Europe is born again. And there's roughly 775 million people throughout the continent of Europe. And I can say that that really is true. There's just Christianity has left uh Europe and it's just because it's been stripped away through many of the the circumstances when you think about what Hitler did and all these things about trying to remove God from the homes and burning Bibles and you know all the revolutions and wars that they've gone through. It's created a, a pattern of living where people have just given up on God. And so but the truth is is that God is always on the move. There are many hubs of mm -hmm. revival. Uh, the church will never fail and will always continue to advance. And so there are amazing right. things happening. But 
the Europe, the continent of Europe really is spiritually dead. And a lot of it just has come from unbelief. And so there is a desperate need for laborers, not just in Europe, but throughout the world to go into the harvest fields and just be the sons and daughters that God's called them to be faithful where they are in schools and in works and in shopping environments and truly know that through a relationship with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, that we too can be a mirror image of the Son as we go out every single day, giving hope, life, encouragement, peace, allowing the fruit of the Spirit to just pour out of them in our lives so they can actually see something different than what they're normally seeing through the power of God and His love for them. Amen. And I, I think that's probably um, continued to um, just light a fire for you to be able to spread the gospel, to to go and witness. And I, I know that in your story, there's many times where you guys are literally hitting the streets or going to Gothic festivals or you go to where the lost are. And that takes you to a lot of different places. And I would, you said it at the beginning, one of the best, not one of, the best miracle that can take place is the story of salvation. And so yes. can you just take us into one of those interactions that you've had where you've uh, shared the gospel and see, seen a response from that or being able to be witness or privy to that from somebody? Yeah, absolutely. There have been many glory to God. And you think sometimes when you share the good news, you think it's going to be hard. And then because we're not ashamed of the gospel and it's the power of God to bring salvation to anyone who believes, first the Jew, then the Gentile, you see the power of the scripture work in their lives, right? And I love telling this symbolism because the gospel is like a gun in the hand. It doesn't matter whether my 10-year-old daughter has this gun in her hand or whether an old faithful saint has it. If you press the trigger on that gun, it has explosive exponential impact power in any environment. Yeah. And that's what the gospel is like when we are faithful to share it. So I was in Istanbul, Turkey, maybe a couple of years ago, and I ran this guy named Baybars. And it's a little bit of a tricky situation sharing the gospel in, in Turkey because they're, it could just be dangerous. And I've been in some dangerous environments before. And so I stalked this guy on the street and I start talking to him, carry on a conversation with him, and I'm just loving him. And just, you know, hey, how are you? Tell me about your life. And he starts to talk about some of his hardships. And I said, Baybars, I said, do you like stories? He says, yeah, I love stories. I said, let me tell you a story. So I tell this kind of non-parable parable to him, which basically is revealing to him that Jesus is the father, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the God except through him. And um, that really moved his heart. And I said, you know who? This person in the story is. He says, Yes, it's Jesus Christ. And I said, Wow. Hey. I said, sure. Yeah, it is. He goes, Now let me tell you a story. He sure. said, There was this man who uh, found a New Testament Bible, read it, and then threw it in the trash. And because he threw the word of God away, was in prison because of poor decisions. But during that time in prison, he found the New Testament Bible and learned how to read and write at it through that at a young age. He goes, do you know who that man was? He said, me. I said, really? I said, wow. He goes, let me tell you another story. We were just telling stories back and forth. He goes, you know, after that, there was a young man that was uh, sleeping inside of a synagogue. And all of a sudden, the imam came up to him and kicked him and said, get up, get out of here. He goes, and the, and the young man said, hey, uh, would you feed me? Would you give me some something to eat, some warm clothes? Because it was really cold wintertime out there. And the imam said, 
pray harder, get up, try harder, and Allah will bless you and kick him out of the church. So he found himself sleeping in the cold up against a porch, and all of a sudden, uh, a priest comes by, wraps him up, and gives him a meal. He says, do you know who that man was in the story? That was me. So I go to tell you all of this because you would think that through those stories, this man had a revelation of salvation and God's grace, but he did have a relationship with Jesus. So as we're talking these stories, all these other Muslims start circling around us, you know, and they're pressuring us and because they think I'm proselytizing this man. And so they're starting to get agitated, angry. So we walk down, you know, 50 yards. More guys come out. They see me having a conversation with this guy. We walk out till finally, I'm like a mile and a half down the road, finally in a quiet place. I spent two and a half hours talking to this guy, talking about the grace of Jesus Christ, talking about it is by grace and faith that we were saved, that this is not of ourselves, mm-hmm. it is a gift of God, so that no man can boast. He kind of understood the principle of Christianity, but he didn't understand that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the Savior, mm-hmm. that through repentance and believing, we can actually enter into a relationship with God. And after two and a half hours, this guy, declared Jesus Christ was Lord and got filled with the Holy Spirit and was forever changed. He was so powerful. But wow. those are the types of things that happen every single day all over the world, not just through our ministry, mm-hmm. but through people mm-hmm. who say, listen, there, there's two options in life. They're either going to hell or they're going to heaven. And how are we going to view the people that we're talking to? In front? And do we care about the condition of their soul and the eternity? Mm-hmm. Uh, before them enough to get out of the place of fear and out of ourselves to actually do what God has commanded us to do. And that's to go and make all and make disciples of all nations. And one of the ways that we make disciple is through sharing the gospel. Yep. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Greg, I, I think that you've, you've shared several only God stories, which is obviously the point of our, our podcast and our conversation in just a, a brief nutshell, I know we have many listeners listening across the globe, which is fun to say, uh, but we also have plenty that are here in the States and some are just thinking, I could never do these things that this guy's talking about. Um, so what would you, just a quick nutshell to that person, like where where should they start? Like, they're like, I've never healed anybody. I've ne- I don't share the gospel. Like that just seems terrifying. Like, what would you say to them? Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to tell you, the greater one that's in you is greater than the one that's in the world. And mm-hmm. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth was given to my son, and now I give it to you. Go and preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, freely you receive, freely give. It's not just a command. It's a promise from God. It's part of our inheritance. And mm-hmm. just ask the Father, Lord, teach me how to walk in your ways. You know, it's one thing to say that I want to walk in the giftings of the Holy Spirit and see them come evident in my life. But if you're not praying for someone who's dead, if you're not praying for someone who needs healing, then you're never going to see that come to pass. So there is a point in your journey where you just have to take a step of faith and just say, I'm going to believe that what God says is impossible, that that what man says is impossible. God makes it possible that Jesus name. And know that you can do it, but just like in anything in life, whether it's training for a store, being a bodybuilder or getting healthy, you have to change the way that you believe. You have to understand mm-hmm. who That's you good. are in Jesus Christ. Because then when you understand your identity, you want to run into the Father's arm. And being intimate with him allows you to see the purpose and the call that he has for your life. 
and just that's it, man. It's it's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's it's literally being mm-hmm. obedient to what God has called us to do. When you step out into that place by faith, you'll see the supernatural move of God in your life. Amen. Promise it. Come so on. good. So that is good. A great way for us to wrap up our conversation. Once again, we'll go back to the very beginning where obedience is to win. Obedience or I, obedience I like that was is a, success. There we go. Obedience, obedience is success. success. See, that's why so good. she helps keep me accountable. That's why I'm here. That's why she's here. So obedience is success. And um, I mean, this is, like I said, it's riddled with only God stories all the way through. But I think one of the most significant only God stories for all of it is um, to see you continue to walk in the fullness of who God's created you to be, Greg. And we are thankful for that. Um, but to our listeners, we encourage you once again, just take a step of faith because God wants to do more in you than you could ever hope, dream, or imagine. Um, That's right. And he wants to be able to let that become an only God story in your life. This isn't just a story about Greg and his life. This is a story about the goodness of God in all of our lives. And we can uh, claim that promise that, that Greg mentioned just a moment ago with us. And so thank you again for listening. We look forward to doing this in another couple of weeks as we continue to be able to share just the only God stories that can build your faith, our faith, and the faith of our kids and our grandkids as well. So thank you so much. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Only God Stories podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media as we share more stories like these. And don't forget to check out our website at onlygodstories.org for more information on how you can share how the power of God has moved in your life.